This is Quit. It's a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. Today is Friday. You know what? Hattie, here in Central Time, it is exactly 4.20 p.m. Yeah, man. On July 10th, 2015. You can call in live to the show if you'd like. I will be taking calls, and I will take them as quickly as possible if you decide to call. I definitely do want to focus on some of these great emails that I've received. So I'm setting aside some time for that. But if you call, I will get to your call. 512-518-5714. 512-518-5714. Again, the number to dial, 512-518-5714. Just making a little note. I just thought of another topic. I have a few topics. And I definitely want to start with one thing before I get to any calls. And uh, and that topic is, uh, this morning I had some, uh, I, had, I had to use a customer service line. Yes. And this is not going to be a time on the show where I gripe about my customer service experience. That's not what this show is. But I wanted to, it, it reminded me that er, almost every single job involves customer service in one way or another. And there are a lot of people who have said to me on the show and outside the show, calling me or talking to me privately and said, you know, I really just want to like sit in my cube or my office and not deal with anyone. And that's one of the things that I love about working from home. And I listened to your rant on back to work where you said people should talk more on the phone and they should meet more in person. And people who had issues with social interaction or who, who were for one reason or another had social anxiety and things like that came out of the woodwork and said, don't, don't say that. That, you know, more and more phone conversations and to a greater extent, phone support and in-person things are less and less common than they used to be. It used to be that if you wanted to have a meeting with someone in another town, you could have a phone call with them, but that that's not how meetings were done. And that's not how sales calls were done. And when I came up in the 90s, if you were going to do a sales call, man, and they weren't in town, you were going to get, you would never, especially in business where, where you were making large deals, hundreds of thousands of dollars or potentially millions of dollars, you wouldn't even consider doing that on the phone. You would fly at your own expense or the company's expense. You would get on a plane and you would fly to that city. You would potentially stay in a hotel and you would talk to them in person. Even if it meant a two-hour, three-hour meeting, and it, and it would that take resulted you, in nothing, right? There <laughs> could result in nothing. That was always a risk. Very good point. And you would you could spend five or six hours getting there, five or six hours getting back, a night in a hotel room for a two-hour, one-hour meeting. Not not unheard of at all to get a big client. And I remember job interviews were the same way. There was one point in time where I was going to move to Boston, Baston. And I was interviewing with a couple different uh, companies there. Both of them required, it wasn't even, it, you know, they did a phone interview with me first, but it was the phone interview goes, well, we'll fly you out. Even though I wasn't going to be in the office that much, I was going to be doing traveling and other things. The idea that I wouldn't uh, meet them in person with, you know, to, hi- to be hired that was, I mean, of course I would, they would fly me out there. And I think it's still true today, but it's much less true. 
eventually phone calls started to replace that, video conferencing replaced that, Skype. I know people who work at companies with and for other people that they have never met in person and may never meet in person. And there's nothing weird about that in 2015. And there's a whole lot that you can do when it comes to customer service and providing help for people. If you run a service, you can have a website that answers questions. You can have a knowledge base that's searchable. The common questions already answered. Common problems already solved. You can have discussion groups with moderators. You see how, how well that can potentially work. But at the end of the day, there still always should be, for again, if the company is big enough and they can do it, there should be that customer support line. Well, I don't want to point fingers because this, you know what, Hattie, this show is not about pointing fingers. I don't know if you knew that. This is not a show about casting blame. No. So I don't want to identify the company. I will say it was a domain name registration company. Correct. I had, because I have, there's at least. Not, not a sponsor. Not a, never been a sponsor of ours. And never will be. Right. I think that's safe to say that. And I think everyone knows exactly who it is. Too. They might. <laughs> if, you know, if you've ever called up a customer support line, it's because for one reason or another, whatever, I think most of us are geeks in the audience here. Most of us are geeks listening to the show. We like computers. We're good enough at computers to make a, a podcast app or, you know, iTunes at least work to download the show. Great. So I can get a little technical and I can say, I had the DNS servers at a third party and you know what? I'm not going to host the, I'm not going to use that third party for DNS, for uh, domain name services anymore. And that's because at these different domain name registration companies, their DNS has gotten better over the years. There were a couple older domains. I didn't need to go with this third party and you know what? Save 20 bucks. So I'm moving them, moving them back. And I, the way, again, this is not a tech show. We're not going to spend too long on this. We got a call on hold. And I remembered um, what we were talking about that made me write it, yeah. write it down. Thank you. But I'll tell you what, here's the deal. And I'm just going to throw this out there because it's a frustrating thing. If you are moving DNS services from one place or another, it, it's very helpful to be able to set up the new place that you're moving it to with the, well, with all the DNS records, all the host records, the mail exchange records, all of that stuff. Set them up so that when you switch DNS services, there's no downtime. Well, the way that this place does, it, you, you can't do that. You can't set anything up until the domain name services are pointed back at this place. And I switched it over. And you know what? I've done a whole lot of this. I used to be a system administrator. I used to run network services. I used to work in the hosting industry for a long time. And I, I know exactly how this is supposed to work. So I, I make the switch, I update the information, and nope, you can't get in, you can't add any new host records or anything. So that means the domain, which is not a, a, a well-known domain or anything, but still I get mail there. I'm not going to be able to update the host records until the switch is complete. While well, I check, the switch is complete, still doesn't, isn't there. I wait an hour, still not there. Wait an hour and a half, still not there. Two hours, still not there. Okay, I got to call them. One nice thing that they let me do when I was oh, on hold. The best thing. You got I think very, I've, you heard me. I was playing this on speakerphone. Yes. And you, I remember you reacted I when said, you this heard is, them. This is by itself a reason why I would use these people as until, my, Until right. later until you heard later, what happened. But they allowed me to hit 
two or pound or something and hold without music. It, said, it was the best thing in the world. Right. It was like, to hold without music, please press this number. And I was like, oh my gosh. That was great. Every phone thing should always have that all the time. So I, all of a sudden, I started feeling really good. I'm like, wow, they're thinking about me. They understand that I might not want to hear their obnoxious hold music. How kind. So I was happy. I felt happy. And then the person came on the phone. And this person's job, let me just reiterate this. If you're in customer service, and I've done a lot of customer service jobs, your job, if you're in that role, and you know what? I would argue that any job that you have where you have clients, where you have customers, where you're in support, where your job involves interacting with other people, a component of your job, at least a small component of your job, is customer support, even if you don't realize it. Now, she was not unkind to me, right? She was, but she, she was, was terse, nice. pithy, and I could tell it felt like I was keeping her from something that she would rather do, even though her job was to do th- this. And her answer, she just kept repeating the same answer. Well, it can take, you know, it can take many hours before this update. I said, okay, well, maybe I did something wrong. Is there a way I can set up the DNS records ahead of time? Nope, I couldn't even get to it if I wanted to. Right, okay. not very professional answers. Right. Now, I understand also this person's probably not paid that well. They're probably in a tiny cube with a headset on answering the phone. Wanting to call quit. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not naive enough to say, well, then you shouldn't have picked that job. For all I know, this was the best job that she could get. I don't know. But it, what it made me think about, and again, that's I'm not really complaining about, about the service that I got or anything else, as much as it, it really made me remember all those years that I spent in that kind of a job. And it made me remember how hard it could be to do that kind of support, to listen to people's problems, to help them, especially if, you know, who knows what the caller right before me was was having a problem with. Who knows if she didn't just get yelled at, right? She might have just gotten yelled at. Shoot out. Who knows? Maybe she was late for work and her boss yelled at her. Who knows? Caller just hung up, by the way. Our one caller. But that's all right because some really good emails. Getting callers, I'll tell you what. People often come to me and they're like, the callers are my favorite part of the show. I love the way you interact with them. I learn so much. It's so good to hear other people out there who are experiencing and going through the same kind of thing that I am. And one of the things that we've done recently for all of our Patreon supporters, we have a special Slack just for our supporters, just for our Patreon supporters. So if you are a Patreon supporter, you should have gotten an email that invites you into that. And there's a quit channel in there also. But if you want to support us or you want, you know, that direct line to like chat with us throughout the day and hear about all the amazing, uh, cool stuff that we're trying to do, uh, go to patreon.com slash five by five and uh, you can donate a dollar. You can donate a thousand dollars. You can donate a million dollars. Just throwing ideas out. But if you do that, then you'll get access to our Slack and you can be in there. But a, a number of people private messaged me on Slack or message in, in the quick group and said, man, I would really, really love to, uh, to call in. But I can't. I'm at work. I'm getting on a plane. I'm waiting for a job interview. Actually, I had someone say, I'm waiting for a job interview. And the only reason that I'm interviewing is because I listened to quit. Aww. 
and because it it got me excited and motivated to go and try and do something new. But I'll call next week. I'll let you know. So I love that. Hearing hearing that kind of thing is fantastic. And if what I'm doing on the show is helpful to you, I would love to hear how. I would love to know if uh, if you know you heard a call that really meant something to you or moved you in some way or inspired you in some way. And, you know, the main, the main message that I want you to come away from the show listening to is, first of all, you can make a change. It is possible for you to make a change. You may feel trapped. You may feel limited by your job. You may have the golden handcuffs. You may just have the I have too many bills handcuffs. You may have a spouse that says, don't, don't you dare think about uh, starting something else. But you can, you can do it. It just means you're going to have to take a lot of smaller steps in order to make it work. You're going to need to take small steps. And uh, people have often asked me, what, what are those steps that you need to make? What, how, do I, how do I start working toward? How do I start preparing for making some kind of a change? And a lot of the people I think who are listening to this show are thinking about doing something that's somewhat technical. They want to go from doing one kind of job to another kind of job. They want to make a change that they think will bring them more happiness. Those are great motivations. And sometimes taking a pay cut is necessary in that kind of thing. You know what? You want to be a web designer. You want to be a web developer. You want to be a Java developer. You want to you know, you want to do something in Ruby on Rails. You want to do one of these cool tech jobs at a startup, whatever. But right now you, you have, uh, you're an engineer, you're an electrical engineer, or you're a doctor, or you work at a printing press, or you work in a department store, but you want to do something else. Well, you can do it. You just have to, you just have to learn. So step one is, is getting a really good idea of what that thing is that you want to do. Trying to immerse yourself in that. So I always, I, on this show, I usually do pick, you know, software development or development as an example, you know, and I think that that's, um, I think that that's something that, that works because it's, it represents a skill that you can learn at home, for example, in your spare time. Whereas if, if you want to learn how to, you know, run a dump truck, you can't, you can't really run a dump truck simulator at home. You've got to go and find a way to drive a dump truck. But like, if you want to become a software developer, if you want to become a designer, if you want to become a podcast editor, you know, an engineer of some kind or other, there's so much that you can learn at home. There's so much you can do on your own. And there's so many great ways to learn. So I say, devote yourself completely. And again, I'll quote, I'll quote uh, a Gary Vanderstruck from years ago. And he said, you know, he said, your, your time is from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. every night. And I, as I have told here on the show before, I, after I heard him say that, I talked to him privately and I said, you know, you're expecting a kid pretty soon. T- come and talk to me about what 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. is like after you have a kid. Because it's very different from when you're single or when you're just married. But even with a kid, there's still time. There is still time. And if you're too tired at the end of the day, you come home and, oh, I just don't feel like opening that book or I don't feel like watching that screencast or I don't want to read that article about the thing. Guess what? You're not cut out for it because if it doesn't obsess you, if it doesn't make you 
incredibly motivated to go and study, to go and learn, to go and try and do. If you're not thrilled with the idea of learning that new thing or marketing that new business, then it's probably not for you. It has to be something that excites you. It has to be something that makes you, when your friends say, oh, let's go out to that new restaurant that just opened or that new movie came out, that you don't feel guilty or bad by saying, no, I want to go and learn this thing. You don't feel bad about saying, I'm sorry, go have fun without me. I'm going to be here reading this book, reading this article, typing code into this window. Looking at the file system. I remember in college, I had a Windows machine. I think it was before Windows for work groups. It was Windows 3, 3.1. And I remember I had, the way I had my computer set up, it was in my closet in my bedroom on one of those little terrible press board wooden and it was all the same like i don't know how to describe this it was all just it was like the width of a human <laughs> and and you have uh that would be a funny title i'm putting and so you had the crt monitor and then underneath that you had the key little place for the keyboard and then you had the tower underneath it and your legs kind of fit to the left of the tower underneath this unit that had these uh little black roller wheels on it and it was like a dark wood press board fake wood laminate thing and i had one of those chairs that were very popular in the 90s that it, it, no one would really call it a chair anymore but it was like you put your knees on the lower part and your butt on the higher part and that's it there was no back to the chair i've seen those before <laughs> i think at one point people thought those were comfortable and I got one because I was getting lower back issues. Hello. And I used to sit on this terrible chair in the, in, I would open the closet door. That was my computer. And I would sit there. I didn't have, you know, I think I was, I think I had a dial up line at the time, 1200 baud modem, something, you know, so terrible. And I remember sitting there and I would just look at the contents of the folders. What is in the system folder? What do all of these DLLs do? What is a DLL? I mean, I knew how to write code, but I was writing code in, in Modula and Turbo Pascal. And that was completely different from the kind of C++ and code that you would need to build things on, on a Windows machine or a Mac or whatever. And so what are these files? What do they do? What is a batch file? And I taught myself all that stuff because I was interested in it. And my friends would say, hey, let's, you know, we're going over here, we're going to watch a game over at this house and we're going to get pizza and beer. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I'll stop by later. I have to look at the contents of the system folder. But you know what? Flash forward to a few years later and I was getting paid a great deal of money for the time, a great deal of money to run a Unix and Windows mixed network. Because I sat there looking inside the contents of that folder. You know what I mean? Like, that was interesting to me. I wanted to find out how that worked. You know, last week, was it, uh, Hattie, what was her name? Kitty? Kitty. Yes. Kitty called and talked about her online business or she's making this jewelry. Well, maybe she's learned how to make jewelry when she was a kid. Doesn't matter. At some point, she said, I want to learn how to do this thing, and she started doing it. And she said, you know, I believe that I could make some money doing this. 
there are a whole lot of alternative ways to make money compared to what you're doing. I'm going to tell you a little story about one of them in a second, but then I'm going to get to your emails. Before I do that, I would like to tell you about Linda. Just a second ago, I was talking about how much you can do at home, how much you can do in that lunch hour, how much you can do from 7 to 11 p.m. or weekends. And what if you're like, I don't know what I want to do. Right. I know I want to learn something, but I don't know. I like, you know what? I like computers. Let's Maybe start there's there. Something there. Start there. I like podcasts. Maybe we can do something there. Well, Linda's the place to go. Oh, they updated the URL. New URL, Hattie. Same URL. Quit? Mm-hmm. It, well, I thought it was grit. Now it says quit. I think you were thinking of Squarespace. Did you just mention another sponsor that's not sponsoring the show? No. Is Squarespace a sponsor of this episode? Shame, shame on them. I know. Linda.com slash quit. L-Y-N-D-A. Linda.com slash quit. It's exactly what I was talking about. I should have segued five minutes ago. I know. They have over 3,000 on-demand video courses that will help you strengthen the kinds of stuff that I'm talking about now. Business skills, technology skills, creative skills. And if you use that URL, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash quit, you will get a free 10-day trial and you will also support the show. Two for one. Here's some of the courses that they have. And by the way, they've got tons of courses on podcasting. They've got tons of courses on audio engineering and stuff like that. But Excel 2013 Power Shortcuts, Office Workshop, Going Paperless, iPhone and iPad Security Fundamentals, Getting Things Done with David Allen Teaching It. Come on. Income Tax Fundamentals, Bootstrapping Your Business, Learning to Be Assertive. These are courses. You go and you watch them. You get access to everything. That's the amazing thing about Linda. You get access to every single one of their videos from top experts who are passionate about teaching Watch them start to finish, jump in, get bite-sized pieces, doesn't matter. Download them, watch them on the go, iOS, Android compatibility, it's great stuff. Your Linda membership gives you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics for one flat rate. Go become an expert in something. Lynda.com slash quit, 10-day free trial. Go check them out. Thanks to them for supporting the show. I worked with a guy, I believe his name was Rob. I doubt he listens, Hattie, to this show. This was many years ago when I was working at, when I talk about the corporate stooge, this was the corporate stooge job. Thousands of employees, thousands of people in the company. And he was a project manager. And he was very unhappy in his job. And eventually he just got sick of the stress of it. He just got tired of the stress. And he said, you know what? I'm going to quit. And he planned it out. He gave a long notice. He planned it out. And you know what he went to do? He didn't go to work at another telecommunications company. He went to work at a tackle shop. This is exactly what you're going to talk about. That's what I was going to talk about. And we're going to talk about my customer service thing when I was getting my inspection done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very surly. Then happy. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, he went to go work at a tackle shop. And it was a very interesting thing because he got very, very happy. He left all of his stress behind and, and he got happy. I'm, I know he was not making anywhere near what he was making at the tackle shop that he was making in his project manager job. But he just got fed up. Now, why didn't he take another job? Why? I mean, he was in, I believe he was in his 50s. 
late 40s, early 50s, if I'm guessing right. He just got fed up. He said, you know, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to go. I'm going to do something like I want to do. And he did. You know what I mean? He went and did a job that was low stress, that made him happy because he loved fishing and he loved talking about lures and he loved that kind of thing. He went to work at a tackle shop and he was happy working. He didn't buy a tackle shop. No. He just went to work at the he tackle shop. He managed eight tackle shops in one town. No, just he just one. worked at one. And there was nothing wrong with it. And his quality of life increased. His relationships with his friends and family incre- improved. A lot of you are thinking, wow, I'm, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not saying you have to do that. But I'm saying that, that don't tell yourself that it's not possible for you to make a change, to move in a new direction. It is possible. You can do it. It takes time. If you look at it as this giant process that you have to go through, it's going to seem like it's impossible. But if you break it down into those individual steps, the individual things that you need to do, A, B, C, D, you'll start to be able to see the picture. If I were to ask you, how do you get to work every day? Describe it to me in detail. You could say, oh, well, of course. Uh, you know, first I walk down here, I turn left, then I go down to this and I get the car and I put, you know, keys in the car and I drive down this road and I turn right on this road and left on this one and whatever. But because you do it so much, it's automatic. You're not really breaking it down anymore. You're not really thinking about those individual steps. It's just going to work. Going to work takes me 35 minutes. That's how long going to work takes. But if you break it down into those individual steps, it's much easier to see. And that's what you need to do when you think about making this kind of a change. You have the power to make this kind of change and breaking it down gives you now instead of, oh my gosh, I need a new job. I'm so unhappy here. It's, oh my gosh, I need a new job. I'm unhappy here. And I can make that change by step one. I want to learn something new or I want to go and start investigating what other jobs are here. Does it not work in this town? Can I move? What's involved in moving? There's 500 steps involved in moving. Okay, I can do that. Hattie, tell me about your your situation. Oh, no, I was just, I was telling you about it. I was getting my car inspected uh, because I need to, needed to renew my registration. And uh, so I showed up. It was kind of at the end of the day. And the guy uh, was like, oh, hey, uh, other other guy working on the inspection one, Bill, whatever. He's like, can you, can you fit in one more inspection? Right. And... He kind of immediately, like, you know, like he gave that kind of look, kind of shrugged and looked up and like, I guess so. And already I was like, well, okay. Um, Like, I understand if you're like trying to shoot out the door and somebody's like, you have one more time. You have time for one more. Uh, And they and they don't. That's that's always lame. But anyway, so I was like, yeah, it's fine. And so I went uh, and I, you know, left my insurance on my dashboard and parked in the place it told me to. Right. And I uh, went in and I went and, you know, paid for it and everything. And I'm sitting there and I realize I'm like, oh, man, I know for a fact that my printed insurance that I just left on my dashboard <laughs> is totally out of date by right. like an entire year. Right. And I said, I have, I know I have my other one. I just put the wrong one on there. And so, and I had been in there for maybe five, 
seven minutes, something like not a lot of time, right, but right, enough. Right. And so I went back out and I'm trying to think of how I can say what he said without saying say what he said. Blank or F. Okay. Or- uh but so I came out and I was like, Hi, I realized that I just gave you the wrong insurance. It's out of date. I have the right one right here. And so I give it to him and he kind of shuts his eyes and he's like gd it and right and i was i kind of laughed it off because like maybe he was being silly i don't know right like oh you funny girl but But he wasn't no but he wasn't and he kept saying it and i'm like laughing kind of awkwardly like "Ah, well here it is this is the real one and i was like okay and he didn't say anything, and then he just, like, kept, he, like, entered the new one, I guess, into the system, and then he just kind of, like, kept going, and I was like, okay. And, you know, I mean, bye. I think there's something to be said for, like, giving <laughs> someone the benefit of the doubt that maybe they had a bad day, that maybe they did something right. else, but at the same time, you're like, wow, like, his job, he is in a customer-facing Also, it really job. didn't seem like enough of an issue to have to say that, that out seemed, loud, because it was that, just typing in, like, one number. Right. Like if I had said something like, oh, by the way, um, I know you're building a house for me, but I realize that I'm, <laughs> I know you're halfway through it. I don't feel like living in this house anymore. Right. Like maybe that. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I think it was extreme. totally uncalled for. And then later when he. And you didn't go to like the manager and report or no, I don't know. It's it. fine. Yeah. Um, like that didn't disrupt my emotional state in any way. I was kind of just like, that was weird. Um, and so then I went inside and, you know, I waited, it was 15, 20 minutes maybe. And then, uh, he, he comes back in and he tells me like my car's ready. And there's like a dog in the office and he's like bending down, he's patting it and he's like smiling. And I was like, Oh, sweet dog or something like that. And he was like, Oh, he's a good boy. And I'm like, now you're being nice. Now you're friends. Cause you're basically off, off the, off Off the the job right now. Right. Yeah. I just thought it was very strange. No, it's weird. And it's a strange, it's a, it's, it's weird how people will see that, you know, like there's this, uh, fish store because <laughs> we have a little, uh, we have a little fish tank here at the office. We wanted animal life and the joy of owning a pet here at the office. So right. we have put some life in uh, here. a little five gallon tank with a few fish in it. And we went to the fish store to pick out the fish at lunch the other day. And, uh, you know, we commented after we're leaving, like, what a fun, uh, you know, Maggie, Maggie loves the fish. Yes. It's bright, brightens her day. Yes. Makes her happy. And Maggie's a, uh, an intern. Yes. Uh, you can check out. You might want, people might be wondering if, if like maybe Maggie's a a dog or or a cat or a fish, another fish. Right. But she's a person. She's actually a person. And, you know, you, you consider the fact that. These people are, they're working at a fish store. Like they get to be around uh, a kind of a cool environment. There's cool you look fish. At and they seem, fish they, and like all you the learn people who stuff. work there seem so laid back. Yeah. And they're just walking around and yeah, let's go get you some fish. Oh, here's the problem you're having Wh- with your Which one water do you want? And, yeah. Right. Oh, we've got these really cool ones. These would look cool with these. Yeah. Look what these can do. I mean, like, I think that's a pretty cool job. Yeah. They're always hiring in there too. Yeah. All right, so let me get through a couple of these quick emails. This person did not say 
uh, if I could read their name or not. So I will, I'll just, I won't say this. Make up a name. They work for a large Silicon Valley software company. The person says, there were some things you said in episode 67 that really resonated. Uh, first though, the young guy who is the end of the show had a lot of potential. I agree. He should probably rein in the teasing because somebody will take it the wrong way. Yes. Uh, sometime this is episode 67 he's referring to. He seems pretty self-aware and I hope he can find ways to make others feel better about themselves. This, Maybe for help those him who weren't be listening, smart. Right. There was a, we are apparently very big in with high schools. Yes. Uh, very popular at high schools. And, um, one of, uh, a high school student who is a listener called into the show, had a lot to say, and said also that one of the things that he will do with people, he gets very real with people. Right. And it comes, he says he sort of berates them. And that his goal is to snap them out of and wake them up, kind of, to the reality and let them know that they can be better. It's not cool to be It's not cool to be dumb, that you can be... Smart and cool and funny. Right. So that's what he's referring to. And uh, my suggestion went to him was maybe don't berate. He's like, well, they like it. They laugh. They talk, you know, but but I suggested that there maybe are other more constructive ways. Anyway, he says, uh, the, the emailer says, you talked about being a jack of all trades, which describes me. I always got down on myself because I could never seem to become an expert in anything. But then you talked about getting bored and the light bulb went on. I bought so many technical books to try and become a better script coder or a better C++ programmer or whatever. And I usually put the book aside, book aside about halfway because something more interesting or more, more urgent comes along. That's the same story I've always had. I can do almost anything that needs to be done, but there are usually people who can write the same code more elegantly or more efficiently. My code will work and it will probably not have many bugs though. The problem is that now I work for a place with thousands of employees. My two projects both have 200 plus engineers and they want specialists. Generalists are always in danger if they decide to trim staff. We have a guy who fixes our build and source code systems, and I know for sure he has to be rescued from the layoff list more than once. I'm older and I have plenty of savings, and I've been really reluctant to go look for work. I make a decent living, and I get to leave on a time 90% of the time. I don't have the desire to do startup hours, and I don't think I would come off well in the programming interviews that are common today. Do you have any suggestions or comments? And you know, I remember uh, these interviews where they would ask you like programming questions and have you test, you know, test you by saying, oh, I do this math problem or do this programming problem or whatever. And those things always made me very nervous because I it's not that I was not confident in my ability to code or program. I was, but I was more confident in my ability to solve problems as opposed to uh, perform a specific task or solve a, or in, in a certain way. So I knew that like if somebody said, hey, uh, could you build me a content management system and do the design for the website and set up all of the hosting and handle the sales process and file your taxes on time and hire an employee and manage a project and this, that, and the other thing. Yes, I could do all of that. Whereas most software developers, for example, would say, no way, but I can write the code to solve this complicated problem and I'm a thousand percent sure I could do it and I could do it right here in this interview off the top of my head whereas for me getting all of that stuff done I knew I could do all of those things you know and sell and budget very different kind of skills but here's somebody who's writing in saying you know what 
I'm not necessarily sure that that I have the uh, the skill set that puts me in a secure place in a job, or that that you know that deep knowledge of really, really, really knowing C better than anything, the ability to sit in uh, in a job writing code eight hours a day better than anybody else. Suggestions or comments? Well, I mean, I've been there. You know, you're you're writing in saying you don't really want to do a startup hours. You don't think you would want to go and be a programmer somewhere else. You know what you like. I mean, I would say that you're doing the right thing for yourself right now. You are uh you are in the right spot for you. And if you're not keen on going out there and trying something new and working on something new, doing startup hours, and guess what? Stay put. It's not a bad thing to stay put. You know, you might find that you need some kind of a wake-up call in order to do the next thing. You might find that what you need is to get laid off before you find the motivation to read the second half of that book. Or it may just not be your thing. And if it's not your thing, that's okay. I don't really have a definitive answer because this is the spot that I was in, but I did want to start my own business. Most of the time, people who, who are jacks of all trades, either they find themselves in a job that rewards them for being of jack of all trades, like a startup or, or a small company where everybody needs to be able to do a lot of things. So if you're looking for a change, that's that's a place for you to go. Or, or you might find that, uh, you know that you, you can kind of hide and be under the radar at the bigger company until your time runs out. But in the meantime. Guess what? The more things you're, you're a jack-of-all-trades in, the more useful you'll be when it does come time to run your own business or when it does come time to, uh, to get out there and find that new job. Maybe you just haven't found the right thing yet. Maybe C++, you didn't like it. Well, guess what? C++ is a terrible language. There are much better languages out there than C++ today. Maybe you just didn't try the right language. Try another one. Read another half of a book. Read a half of every book until you find one that makes you want to read the whole thing. Another uh, quick email here, and then there's a longer one. Dan, I'm 10 minutes into quit number 66, and I had to drop you a note to say amen as loudly as possible in my email. (laughs) Courtesy is so basic and makes such a difference. Remember we talked about courtesy in that episode. To that end, I got into 5x5 via Back to Work in 2011. I've only recently begun diving into your other shows in earnest. He says, but it's amazing and inspiring to me that you and your team produce so much. So any feedback from an internet stranger like me ought to be courteous because where's my podcast network? He says, keep it up. You know, we did talk about courtesy and it's a really neat topic. I think that, you know, what what we're able to, to do and produce here is because we, for the most part, we like what we're doing. And how important is that? You know, finding something that you like to do makes the work easier. It makes you enjoy what you're doing a whole lot more. It makes it, so much easier to to focus every day. I'm not saying there's not hard parts of a day, but if the overall push, the overall thing is that you like what you're doing. I mean, what a difference that is. Find the thing that you like to do. You want to go be a goat farmer? You think you're going to like it? Well, I'll tell you what. Save up some money, take some time off work and experiment with it. Be a goat farmer. And this is the thing people always talk about to me. They're like, oh, when am I going to have, find time to learn that new thing or try that new well, what are you doing on your vacation? Oh, we're going here, you know, to the, well, instead of doing that, 
Learn what's in the contents of the system folder. You know what I'm saying? Take time off work and work. Take time off. Oh, you, you already have some cool skills. You want to have some PHP knowledge and MySQL and you want to like build something. Take a contract, you know, go and go and do some freelance work. Take a week or two off of work and work and do your own business. Because guess what? If you're running your own business and you're doing your own thing or you take a new job where you're going to be working somewhere for a few weeks. That, you know, or for, I'm sorry, for, for you know, a little while on, on a probationary period, three months, whatever it is, you are going to be uh, not able to take any vacation time. So if not taking vacation time scares you, don't run your own business. Don't go right. freelance because it's not for you. Trust me on that. Let me tell you what is for you. Harry's. When did shaving get so expensive? This is the reality. Going and buying razors and shaving products at store. In many cases, you get to wait for that store clerk to go and open the case. It's a joke, you know? You ever price this stuff out at Target? I love Target, but man, shaving products there are crazy expensive. Yeah, it's, ridiculous. it's just nuts. Well, Harry's was started by the same folks that uh, started Warby Parker. Two guys passionate about creating a better shaving experience for all men. And how do you would say women too? Yep. You bought your dad. You went and bought the $15 starter kit. And yes. you used our coupon, which gets you $5, $5 off with code GRIT, G-R-I-T, GRIT. And you got him that, and you didn't you get it engraved for I him? I did, I did. So you got his initials on it or yep. something, right? RDC. I got myself the same thing, a starter kit with my own initials on it. And I love it. And it's, it's only so 15, 15 bucks. You get the razor, you get three blades of your choice, and Harry's shaving cream or their foaming gel. And you get $5 off if you use the code GRIT. Shipping is always free. And what they did is they went and they bought a blade factory in Germany that had been making like some of the best high-quality blades for like a century. They cut out the middleman and offer an amazing shave at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands. Great shaving, really nice weighted uh, razor, and then the blades that are so sharp. Anyway, go to Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S, harrys.com, harrys.com, and the coupon code is GRIT. That will save you $5 off your first purchase. I don't think it, you, it doesn't have to be the kit, right? They could buy whatever they want. I think so. I need to buy double whatever, check that. They can buy whatever they want. I'm saying that they can. <laughs> You're letting them. And uh, it doesn't have to be the kit, but you can get the kit for only 10 bucks. And that's, if, if you're, that's what I recommend. Get that. Start with that. So go check it out. Harry's.com. Code is great. I've got one more email. And then, uh, then we can talk about this and we can wrap it up because it's after five now. Oh my gosh. Hi, Dan. Found your, and by the way, if you would like, if you would like to have an email read on the show, a best way to do it, best way to do it is go to five by five TV slash contact and the show quit will be listed there. Click that. What that does is it puts in a subject line, five by five quit feedback that my robot will see and flag it for me. So I won't miss it. Found your quit show after listening to Back to Work. A lot of people, I think, must come in from Back to Work. From Back to Work. I should get I should get Merlin to let me talk about it more. You could just hide it in the show notes. <laughs> I would have phoned it in, but I'm in the UK, so time different make difference makes it difficult. I'm in a tricky situation. I'm 33 now, and I have my own company. It's just me. Before that, I worked in colleges, and then for the local council. But I didn't know I didn't know what the equivalent would be in the USA. As an e-learning, what is a council, local council? Does that mean I don't local know. government? I think so. Equivalent would be in the USA. An e-learning advisor for all the schools in the district specializing on the virtual learning environment. I got really into the niche 
But uh, then when budget cuts got made, I was made redundant. And there's no VLE jobs about. Sounds very British. About. <laughs> yes. So I started my own, um, my own offering IT support to schools. This is five years in now. I currently have only two schools that I support for two and a half days in a, uh, a week in term time. Does everything from toner replacement to server administration. Everything I've learned on the job, my degree is in ICT. I'm guessing that's IT. My other time, I do websites for small businesses and call-outs for home computer fixes. So a bit of a jack of all trades, a master of none. So it seems to be a theme to Yep. Me. And see, he went out and started his own thing. Yeah, he did. I have a wife who's a teacher and a two-year-old. My company brings in just enough to keep me going. Now, the bit where I feel stuck is the school's uh, yearly contracts. So with them on board, I know that I can survive for the year. It's not something I really enjoy, but it pays the bills and it's easy enough. Getting other schools to look after is really difficult with the way things are set up over here. I I think it's probably the same here. The website is very patchy work and I wouldn't be able to depend on that as my sole income. I'm not very artistic. I like the idea of back-end web work. I'm just learning Django. But there's the other problem that I don't think anyone would hire me to do that as I don't have a deep knowledge of any one thing. I just feel like I'm in a bit of a dead end. I don't want to be greedy. At the moment, my company's income is $35,000 before tax and expensive expenses. I'd be happy with 55000 but I can't see where I would get this from. The schools, you know, are yearly contracts. Anyway, I won't... Uh, he says I can use it in the show, but I won't name him. Okay. And that is a tough situation. He knows what he's doing. He's got these contracts. Yep. His heart does not sound like it's in it. How is he going to go? I mean, that is that is a situation I think so many people are in. Because now he has a business, you know. He's making 35K a year. He said he had the dollar sign, so I'm assuming it's 35K. Maybe he converted it for you. Maybe he did the conversion. Yeah. Did the math. Maths. Maths over there, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think that he uh, he has a lot of options. You know, uh, I mean, this this could be one of those the only way out is through type of things, you know, um, keep keep focusing on it. Keep doing the stuff that, that that you're doing until a new opportunity shows up. And you know what? You may not like it and it may take you a year or two or three or more to push through this until another opportunity appears. But in the meantime, guess what? It sounds to me like you can manage your own time. I agree. You may have these contracts, but it doesn't sound like you, you know, wake up at eight and you can't do anything until six. You know, you go to work at eight and you can't do anything until six. It sounds like you can manage your time. You said, well, I want to learn Django, but I don't know if anyone would hire me. Okay, well, here's what you do. And again, I don't know how it is in the UK, but I know how it is in, in more or less major cities here. Go to all the Django meetups, or if there are no Django meetups, go to the Rails meetups. You know what I'm saying? Go to the PHP meetups. There's some meetup somewhere <laughs> that you can go somewhere to. Somewhere located. <laughs> but start learning Django if that's your choice. Start learning Django and go to every single meetup that has to do with Django. Go to the Rails meetups too. Go to the PHP meetups too. Go to the Java meetups too and sit in there. They're only an hour. Learn everything that you can learn in that time. Sit there and learn it and master it. And make it yours and own that stuff and learn everything you can about it. And when you're in there and you feel confident in your ability to write Django code, when it comes time, say, you know, afterwards when everyone's sort of standing around looking at each other, go up and say, hey, uh, you know, I've been, I've been writing Django on my own. I'd really like to, to help out. Does any, any of you have a project I could help out with? 
Could I contribute to your open source project? Could I work with you as a junior programmer at uh, for free or at a very reduced rate? And you can kind of show me the ropes. Does anyone in here have a project? I, I will do it very inexpensively because I want to learn. Do that and do that for a year or six months or three months or however long it takes until you have a few projects on your resume. And now you have a little business doing Django development and eventually and focus more on that and put more into it. Every, it's just step by step, man. It's step by step and work on it until you've been doing this for a year or two. And guess what? Now you've got two years of Django experience. That's two years more than you had right now as you're moping around saying, I don't have any Django experience. No one's going to hire me. Go do it. Go get some. Go get some. And then you'll say, now I have two years of experience doing Django. And now I could be hired as a Django developer if I wanted or a Python developer if I wanted. You just, you just need to go and start doing it. And there's no excuse not to. Now, if you come back and you say, oh, I live, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a hill <laughs> with the other <laughs> hobbits. Because that's who lives in the UK. Or is that New Zealand? That's New Zealand. That's New Zealand. You know, and, and there's no other hobbits in town who, you know, who know Django or Python. And there are really no meetups. Well, guess what? There are tons and tons and tons of places online where you can go to contribute code and learn the ropes and talk to people online. Tons of virtual communities that you can go to. I don't know the, the Python ones off the top of my head where you can go and start talking to people and contribute. And you know what? You might start out doing it very cheaply or even for free. There are people who say never work for free where you can start out and you can learn all this stuff. Get in there and learn it and do it. Get in there and learn it and do it. And you will find that if, out if you really like it. But eventually you'll be able to make money doing it. And just hang in there with these school jobs until... You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy with my Django work that, that I, I can't take on this school contracting. I just can't do it. My Django work is keeping me way too busy. And then you'll, by, by then you'll know, way know if you like it or not and if you can make a living doing it. I would think you'd be able to make more money as a software developer than doing like I, you know, changing tone around in a printer at a school. Not that that's not a, an important job. Maybe there's a way you could do both. But I think you can do it. Anyway, that's it. That's all we've got for today's show. Again, if you'd like to send me an email, you can do that by going to 5by5.tv slash contact. Click on the quit link there and that will route my email, uh, route to my email correctly. Love to hear what you think. And uh, again, uh, we didn't do calls today, but normally we do calls and uh, we do the show live at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Fridays. I would love it if you would call in next week. We'll definitely do a focus on calls. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Hattie, you're at Hattie Bird on Twitter. I am. And uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Have a good one. <laughs>